How many of you came this morning expecting a blessing, expecting anything to happen, to change your life, even while you're here? And that can happen if you open yourself up and allow God to speak, allow Him to speak into your situation. Because the Bible said that Jesus came so that we could be changed. It was not His will, but it was the will of the Father. So as we sing this song on today, just think about the things that you want in your life to be changed and just give it to Jesus. Amen.
all stand and give God a praise this morning? Come on, can you praise him that anything can happen in here? Can you give him praise that anything can happen in here? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now, I want you to think about, I want you to think about in this moment, your greatest need. It could be physical. It could be relational. It could be financial. It could be emotional. Whatever it is, just, just think about it for a moment. We're not going to dwell on it. Just think about it for a moment. And now, just think about what the song says. We're just one praise for my breakthrough. Now, if you would, just for a moment, if you would, just give God the kind of praise you would give him if that most pressing need was gone just like that. Come on. What kind of praise would you give God? Come on. What kind of praise would you give God? If you were really just one praise away from your breakthrough, what kind of praise would you give him? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, 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 Jesus. What kind of praise would you give him? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Folks, let me tell you something. I've been teaching for the last couple of months that we got to switch our thinking from the natural to the supernatural. No one is asking you to change it on your own. No one is telling you that you're all by yourself. The Bible says God never leaves you nor forsakes you. The Bible says his mind is on us, that he wants to bless us, he wants to increase us. The Bible says he sent his word to heal us. Come on, glory to God. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was up on him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The word of God says that my God will supply every need according to his riches and glory. So you're not alone. You're not alone. But you got to be able to think differently. You might be looking at a situation and say, how can I get myself out? Nobody's asking I to do anything. This is a we thing. We get, it, we get out because we, oh, glory to God. We partner with God through believing his word and he brings us out. And when he brings us out, you're completely out, amen? Even to the point where on the other side, you don't even smell like smoke. So nobody even know you've even been through the fire. 
because God delivers that well. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's give God one more shout this morning. Come on. Hey, glory to God. Man, oh man, oh man. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to take a few moments at this point to approach the Lord's table through communion. The Bible says as often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. When you came in, the ushers should have served you uh, with some elements. Uh, if you weren't served this morning and you want to participate in this communion time this morning, just lift your hand if you wasn't served, but you want to participate. Our, our guys will get you uh, some elements as quickly as possible. Amen. So we all can participate who desires to. Amen. But we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be grateful for. And it's all because God loved us so much that he sent Jesus. Amen. Jesus Christ for you and I. But it didn't come easy for Jesus. Didn't come easy for him. Jesus had to willfully and purposefully give his life so that we can be saved. The Bible says there's no greater love than one that will lay his life down for a friend. Amen. And when you think about the magnitude of his commitment to us, the magnitude of his love towards us. It just makes you want to serve God. It just makes you want to love God. But you know you got to take some time to remember. And we're going to do that in this moment. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus, a sinless man, came, was misrepresented, was falsely accused. Trial was set up against him. And he was convicted to death, or he was sentenced to death on the cross. But that was in the plan of God. Because man's sin was so great that it took another man's blood to redeem him. And so Jesus volunteered, willfully came to stand in your place. And because he stood in your place, and took your sin and took my sin, stood in your place and took your disease and took my disease, we don't have to live under it. That's why the Bible says that we are free from sin and death, and with his stripes we were healed. Amen? So the wafer that you hold in your hand represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, that when on the way to the cross was beaten, bruised, whipped, to the point of non-recognition, and the Bible tells, it, tells us that he received 39 stripes. Now, I'm not a medical doctor, but they tell me that there can be 39 categories of sickness and disease. So I believe one stripe took care of one category. And so that 39th stripe took care of all the categories of sickness and disease that was, that is, and that will be. And because of that, we are free from sickness and disease in Jesus' name. Don't worry about what the doctor says. 
just be concerned about what Dr. Jesus said, amen? And he said, with his stripes you were healed, amen? So let's thank God for healing and health from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet as we partake of the way for the day in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now, the juice that you hold in your hand represents the shed blood of Jesus. Now, it's important to understand that his blood was shed. Because when he was hanging on the cross, he was pierced in his side. And the Bible says blood and water flowed from it. Water represents the word of God, which is a continual cleansing agent for our lives. But the blood, everybody say the blood. blood. The blood of Jesus was the payment that secured your release from darkness, secured your release from sin and death. So let's thank God this morning for freedom from sin and death and the complete remission of sins in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Come on, can we lift at least one hand and give God a praise for His goodness, His faithfulness, His grace. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give God a praise for the blood of Jesus. Amen. The blood never ever loses its power in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless you so much. We give you honor, praise, and glory. Now, Father, as we approach your word, we thank you that the word of God is incorruptible seed. Thank you that the word of God is our victory in seed form. It is alive. It's powerful. Is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you, Lord God, as I minister the word today that you give me utterance in the Holy Spirit to speak a right now word to your people. I declare and decree that every heart, mind, ear is ready to hear, receive, and then do the living word of God. And I thank you in advance for people receiving answers, people receiving wisdom, people receiving revelation and impartation, but most importantly, that transformation takes place in the lives of people in Jesus name amen 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 high five two people and say let's get into this word and take your seat let's get into this word and take your seat praise God awesome 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 John chapter number 10 verse number 10 is our foundational text for the word of God over this house for this year which is the year of enjoyment the year of enjoyment so it's going to be a year full of joy and it's going to be a year of having. We're going to be receiving in manifestation those things that we believe God for in Jesus' name. Amen. Shout with me this morning and say, I have joy now. I have joy now. Praise God. So John 10, 10 in the Amplified says this. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Now, we've told you before that the main thing that he comes to steal from us is the Word, Word of God, and our faith, okay? Because the Word of God is the seed for all victory in our life. See, if you don't have the Word of God, then you can't expect victory in life because victory comes through the Word, okay? That's the seed, praise God. That's why I say the, uh, the Word is our victory in seed form. Uh, secondly, he comes to steal our faith. That's our confidence in God. Because if he steals the word and our faith, then we have no hope for victory. Amen. But he, that's not going to happen in this house, right? I said, right? 
Amen. He's not going to steal either one. So he, but Jesus, look at this. Jesus comes back and says, I came that they, everybody say me. me. I came that they may have and what? Enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Glory to God. Now, I was doing some uh, digging a little deeper with this scripture. And I came across uh, this scripture in uh, another translation. It's called the Passion Translation. And I want to throw that on the screen for you and let you see uh, what that says, okay? Let's look at what the uh, Passion uh, uh, Translation says. Yeah, it says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But look at this. This is Jesus talking. But I have come to give you everything in what? Come on, y'all. Everything in what? Abundance. Look at this. More than you expect. Woo, glory to God. Life in its fullness until you what? Overflow. Shout overflow. Look at that. Jesus came to give us everything in abundance, not drip 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 but what in abundance more than you expect and that's backed up by Ephesians 3 20 says that he does exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us so God doesn't want you to have a little bit he doesn't want you to be scraping by come on somebody he wants you to have more than you expect to the place where you overflow now why overflow because there's other people he wants to bless through you. Tell your neighbors, I'm glad you sat by me today. I'm glad you sat by me today. Because God is about to overflow you. God is about to overflow you. And I'm going to get some of it. Go on, tell me. I'm, and I'm going to get some of it. Amen. Glory to God. He wants to give us everything in abundance. Praise the Lord. So we've come off on talking about a series uh, on the fullness, uh, the fullness of God. And we said this uh, very important statement that the fullness of God, God comes uh, by the Spirit. The fullness of God comes by the Spirit. And so what we did is we took time to go through the scriptures and look at the ministry of Holy Spirit in our lives as a believer. And so what we looked at is we looked at Number one, his ministry in us, okay? Secondly, we looked at his ministry up on us. And then third, we looked at his ministry through us. Everybody say through us. Because God doesn't just want to live on the inside of us. He doesn't just want to be up on us. He wants to move through us. Because he has a whole nation of people that he wants to reach. He has, he, he has a whole group of people that he wants to reach and be good to, and he wants to reach and be good to through you. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Okay, okay, praise the Lord. Maybe you were distracted. Praise the Lord. I said he wants to be good to those people through you. Everybody say through me. Through me. Why? Because we are the hands, the feet. We are the body of Christ. Say I'm the body of Christ. The head of the, uh, the head of the body is in heaven, but his body, his arms, his legs, his feet, his fingers, his toes is right here in the earth, and that would be you and I. And so now if God's going to move through the earth, if God's going to be good to people in the earth, he has to be good through the people who love and trust him. 
And I don't know about you, I, I, I volunteered many years ago, and I'm still serving, praise God. Amen. Glory to God. I ain't got tired. I ain't got tired yet. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Everybody shout, we're the body of Christ. We looked at a scripture over in 2 Corinthians that says that we are an ambassador for Christ. We are an authorized representative of Christ. One translation says we are his personal representatives. So now the question is, if we're Christ's personal representative, then how is he represented when we show up? Is Christ represented as victorious, as healed, as whole, as abundantly supplied, or is Christ being represented as a murmurer, a complainer, someone who's bitter, who's weak, who's challenged? How is he being represented represented by us and that's a powerful question because that question causes you to look at yourself and it should cause you to ask a question how am I doing representing Christ how am I doing how am I doing in my conversation how am I doing in my lifestyle how am I doing in my work ethic, how am I doing? With my character, how am I doing? With my worship, how am I doing? How am I representing Christ? If I am, and the Bible says we are, if I am his personal representative, then how am I, how are we representing him to a, earth, to a world that don't know him? Powerful question. And a lot of people don't want to ask it. All they want to do is just do church. They want to come, punch the clock, I went to church on Sunday, praise the Lord. Then they want to go out and live any old kind of way throughout the week and then come back and punch the clock again the next week and say, I went to church on Sunday, praise the Lord. Not knowing that throughout the week they're leaving, they're leaving, uh, they're, they're providing a representation of a Christ whom they say they love and serve. Amen. Y'all with me? So we gave you last week uh, the resume of the believer. Resume of the believer. So let's go to Mark chapter 16 and let me uh, wrap this up real quick and then I want to jump into some things. Uh, on today. Praise God. Now, I purposely left out of my notes some information so I don't keep you here until three. You can say amen to that. So, we are going to get to a place today, but we're not going to get to where I need to get to, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do our best. Amen? So, look at this. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, says this in New King James, and he, Jesus, said to them, go. Everybody say go. That means you need to move, right? That means you need to get up and go somewhere. Somebody said go, doesn't mean stay seated. Is that correct? Okay. You know, when you tell your children, go take out the trash, you don't want them to just keep watching television. When do you want them to go get the trash? Right now. 
okay? He said, go where? Into all the world. Glory to God. And preach the gospel, the good news, to every creation. Every creation. Look at verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers do I have in the house? Okay, great. A lot of believers. So these things should be now found on your resume. What are these things? All right. In my name, they will cast out demons. Believers cast out demons. Believers don't run from them. Believers don't tremble at demons. Believers make demons tremble. Because they know their days are numbered influencing whoever they're, whomever they're influencing. Look at this. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, they will take up serpents. And I'm not talking about, this not talking about literally playing with snakes. No, this is not what it's talking about. It was take up serpents, that is the bite of the enemy, glory to God, and shake it off. Everybody say shake it off. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will, be, it will by no means hurt them. Look at this. They will lay hands on the sick, and what's going to happen? They're going to what? Recover. So, we, so our compassion for people who with the sickness and disease should, be our, should include our prayer for them. Not just we feel sorry for them. Let me pray for you because the Bible tells me that I'm a, if I'm a believer, I can lay hands on the sick and you can recover. Amen. I said amen. Now look at verse number 20. Verse number 20, same chapter, verse number six, chapter six, 16, verse number 20. And they went out. In other words, they left. They went. They, 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 they responded to the go. And preached everywhere. Listen to the statement I want you to look at. It says, the Lord working with them. And confirming the what? Word through the accompanying signs. Ooh, glory to God. So in other words, as they went and preached the word, God then came and confirmed the word that they was preaching. And that's my expectation. My expectation that as I teach the word of God, that God comes then and confirms, demonstrates the word that I preach. Amen. So if I'm preaching on you being full of God, then I want some demonstration of you being full of God. Are y'all hearing this? Amen. So it's time to get off the sidelines and get into the game. Tell your neighbor, say, get in the game, would you? Get in the game. Stop watching from the sidelines. Stop watching from the stands. It's time to get in the game. There is a dying world. There, there's a hurting world. And we have the power, bless God, to go out and change lives for God. And it's time to get going. Amen? Praise God. So, today I want to uh, go a little further in this, and um, my endeavor was to conclude it last week, but as I was going through some things to teach this week, uh, right around daylight savings time this morning, the God started talking to me about teaching something different. And so, I'm teaching something different this morning than what I had planned, because I mean, no, you got to go with God. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians chapter number one now. Ephesians chapter number one. And so we talked about the fullness. And so what I'm going to talk about today and 
for however long it needs to take. Uh, I'm talking about the fullness squared. That's what I heard in my, in my spirit, the fullness squared. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a math guy. I, I, I really appreciate math. How many other math people, people appreciate math in the house? Anybody? Oh, a few hands, praise God. Ooh, glory to God. But it's all good. But I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can look at stuff and say, okay, but I look at very things very logical. I, I like numbers. And so when he said the fullness squared, I knew exactly what he's talking about. Talking about something being uh, exponential. Not, not one step at a time, but leaps. Oh, gosh. Exponential talking about acceleration. that it won't take you as long to get into the fullness as, as, as you thought or as others thought, but you're going to skip some grades. Ah, Jesus. Ah, Jesus. Oh. Glory to God. Y'all see what I'm saying? So when I, when I heard that, boy, I said, boy, I, well, you talking my language now, God. Exponential exponential. It's not going to take as long. Time's going to be condensed. It was intended to take six months, but it's going to take six days. A few of y'all hearing what I'm saying. Amen. They all, they have and, and those of you know, I'm, I'm a car guy as well, and, 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 and I like cars with some acceleration. And so there are some cars that can accelerate faster than others, depending upon the weight of the car, the horsepower, the torque, you know, front-wheel drive, all-wheel drive. So there's a lot of factors that go in, accelerate. It's just not getting in the car and mashing the car, mashing the car. Turbocharged, supercharged, normally aspirated. You know, drive-by wire, electronically controlled throttle, you know, all those kind of things. Probably TMI, right, TMI? <laughs> Y'all know what TMI, TMI is? Too much information? I, 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 I got to see where I'm coming from. And so, in the, in, you know, in the, in the formula calculations, there's some, you know, some loss of power from the engine to the, to the, to the transmission and to the wheels and the force and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's, it's, it's a science behind acceleration. But I really appreciate automobiles that can really get up and go. I mean, you just hit it off the line, and it just takes you where you're going to go. Praise God. Just pins you back in the seat, and you're like, I'm moving now. Glory to God. Yes, indeed. And so um, there are some cars that take, you know, maybe seven and a half to eight seconds to get to 60 miles an hour. You know, it's, it's, it'll get you the way you're going to go. You know, it, you know, seven seconds, seven and a half, eight seconds. You know, you're driving a big SUV, like an Escalade or something like that. It's going to probably take you about nine and a half, ten seconds to get to 60 miles an hour. But, but you'll get to where you're going. But then there's some cars that's built for acceleration. And they just released this roaster, this roaster, not too long ago. And it's all electric. No gas. All electric. And this thing is nothing but a, 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 a rocket. Zero to 60. Hold on to your seats now. 1.9 seconds. Somebody say acceleration. See, that, just hearing that makes me want to drive one so bad. 
I'm like, more if I would, if I could just get a chance just to feel that sensation one time, just hit it and be at 60 in 1.9 seconds. But see, that was ready to, they, it's able to achieve that particular goal because it was built from the ground up for acceleration. It's not built to take your family to the grocery store. <laughs> not built for that. Not built for being comfortable on long trips. Not built for that. What's it built for? It's built for acceleration. One thing and one thing only, acceleration. And I'm here to let you know this morning that you're built for acceleration. You are a high-performing child of God. Everybody shout high performance. And see, high performance, high performance needs space to open up. It's oh, just to run a little bit. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So we're built for acceleration. We're not built for, okay, it takes three years to get this done, and it takes five years to get healed of this, and it takes 12 years to get out of debt. We are not built for that. I said we are not built for that. Not with the Spirit of God on the inside of us. No, 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 no. We are built for when we see it in the Word. I want it now. Anybody with me? And so that's the journey we're about to take, folks. We're about to speed up some stuff in your life. Anybody want to come go with me? <laughs> let's go, let's go. Ephesians chapter number one. Woo! Now, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures this morning, but you should not have a problem because we are in church, and we're supposed to be studying the Bible. Right? That's what God gave it to us for. Ephesians 1, verse number 16. Uh, look at this. Apostle Paul talking says, Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what, is the what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Who believe? Any believers in the house? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places Far above. Everybody shout far above. far above. Come on, shout it. Shout it. Far above. far above. Look at this. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him head to be, gave him to be head over all things to the church, the body of Christ, which is his body, look at this, the what? The fullness of him who fills all and all. Shout far above. Now shout under. Shout far above. Now shout under. 
So now, the scripture says that he's been placed far above all principalities, all power, all might, and all dominion, and every name that's named. Then he says that he's put everything of the enemy under his feet. Y'all see that? So now, a, a spiritual perspective is there's nothing over us. Well, let me say this. There's nothing over Jesus. Everything is under him. And Jesus says in verse number uh, 23, he says, which is his body, the fullness of him. Which is the body, the full. So in other words, the, the entire body of Christ makes up the fullness of Christ. So that means every one of you are important. I don't care how young, how old, how anointed you feel, or how anointed you don't feel. All of you are important. So that's why we got to all get in the game. That's why we came here. See, there's no, there's no limit to players like, like football. You got to have 11. Basketball, you got to have five. There's no limit to players in the kingdom of God. Everybody can play. And nobody has to worry about not being picked because God's already picked you. Come on, shout, I got to get in the game. I got to get in the game. Because when we don't have everybody in the game, we're lacking the fullness of Christ. That's why I be encouraged. I, I can be encouraged. Y'all got to be consistent in your church attendance. Don't be just first and third and second and fourth and, and fifth only and Christmas, Mother's Day and Easter. You can't get in the game doing that stuff. We can't put you in the game if you don't know to play. And when do you find out the play? You find out the play when the, when the man of God releases the play from God, this is what we're going to do. So if you miss the play, how are you going to play a game? You're you going to be running that way, everybody running that way. You'll be like, why everybody running that way? Because you missed the play. Nobody wants you to just come to church so, you can have a, so we can have a full auditorium. We want you to come to church so you can learn to play, so you can get in the game. So when I go home on Monday, I know you're running the right play. And if you're supposed to keep watch, in, you're supposed to keep watch in the foxhole on Tuesday, but you missed the play on Sunday, now I got to stay up and watch my back on Tuesday when you're supposed to be watching my back. I'm supposed to run one play, you're supposed to run another play, but if you miss the play and you're not in the game, now i got to run two, three, four plays. And it's going to take me longer to get the way i got to go because i got to run more plays. But if you run your play, I run my play, we can accelerate some things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say you're hearing what I'm saying. But we still got folks trying to pray, pray about the play. What you got to pray about? Just get in the game and run the play. Amen. Y'all with me? Well, here we go. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Here, because we always got, is it, let me encourage you, always find yourself in Scripture. Don't read about others in Scriptures. Always find you in there. Because we just read about Jesus, and we can shout about Jesus being seated in heavenly places far above all principalities. We can shout about Jesus, you know, have everything under the feet of Jesus. But what about me? That's Jesus. What about me? So you want to always find yourself in Scripture. That's what Jesus did in Luke chapter 4 when he preached his first sermon. He says he took the book, and he opened it up 
I opened up the book where it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, etc., etc. And he said, This day, this scripture is fulfilling your hearing. And he closed the book and he put it and he sat back down. And they looked at him like, Who do you think you are? And he looked back and said, I just told you. Because I found myself in scripture. And see, that's how people look at you. When you start talking about who you are in Christ, who do you think you are? I just told you. I just told you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I just told you that I always triumph in Christ Jesus. I just told you that I'm more than a conqueror. I just told you that I'm healed. I just told you that I am blessed. I told you who I was. And because you don't like it, it ain't my problem. You got to take that up with God because he called me who I am. Shout I am. Who he says I am. Shout I can do. What he says I can do. Now shout I can have. What he says I can have. It don't have nothing to do with the devil. It don't have nothing to do with your neighbor, or your relatives, or your, or your haters. It has everything to do with what he said about you and what you believe about what he said about you. Are y'all with me? Huh? Praise God. Okay. Ephesians 2. Let's go. Let's go. Ephesians 2. Praise the Lord. I got, I got a lot of scripture to read. Glory to God. Ephesians 2. You ought to be excited about the word. Ephesians 2, uh, chapter, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 4. Look at this. But God. Everybody said, but God. Boy, I don't know about you. I love some of them buts in God. B-U-T now. B-U-T. I love some of them buts in God. In the word. But God. But God. So that was, you was going in the wrong direction, but God. You was headed to hell, but God. You was on your deathbed, but God. Your lights was getting ready to turn off, but Come on now, y'all like them butts? But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we did, were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together mm, mm, mm. and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We saw in chapter 1 that Jesus was raised far above all principalities, powers, and might. Verse 2, he says, he also raised us together with him. So if he be in heavenly places, where do you be? If you're in Christ, you're in heavenly places. So that means you're seated here and you're seated there together with him. Now, the Bible says he's seated on the right hand of God. Now, I, I used to interpret this, that if he's seated on the right hand of God, then we have a seat next to Jesus at the right hand of Jesus. But the Spirit of God says, no, 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 that's not what I said. He says, son, look at, what I, look at how I wrote it. He says, we've been seated together. So that's like somebody sitting next to you try to move over and on the same seat as you.
You're like, you're like there's a seat right there. But, they, but when they come together with you, you're both on the same seat. So if Jesus is at the right hand of God, guess who else is at the right hand of God? Oh, gosh, y'all, don't be, come on, accelerate your thinking. Accelerate your hearing. Listen to what I'm saying. If Jesus is seated at the right hand of Christ, where are we seated? At the, I mean, at the right hand of God, where are we seated? We at the right hand of God with him. If he's far above all principalities, might, dominions, and every name that's named, what are we? We are far above all principalities, might, dominion, and every name that's named. If all things are under his feet, uh, under his feet, all things are under our feet. There's nothing over us. We're over everything. Shout, I'm on top of it. Come on, shout, I'm on top of it. Yeah, not just on top of your game. You're on top in life because you're together with Jesus. So now you're not looking up at a mountain. You're looking down on it. Anybody flew in an airplane and looked over and be like, wow, that's so nice. Look at the mountains. But they don't seem so massive when you're on top of them. That's a nice landscape. Ooh, look at that. That's pretty. Oh, it's snow on that one. Some trees on that one. They cleared that one all off. Oh, look at that. That's wonderful. But it doesn't even phase you because you're so far above it. But then if you sit, got down on the ground and looked up at the same mountain, you'd be like, man, that thing is huge. What is it? That, what is it? Different perspective. And so when people don't understand where they're seated and what kind of perspective they have, they look at something and be like, whew, I don't, think, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't, uh, wow, ooh, this is, oh man, this is, whew, this is overwhelming. Oh my goodness. Oh, how, how are we going to make it? Oh, how are we going to make it till next week? Oh my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, ooh, Jesus. Oh man. See that? But if you're on top of it, you're like, oh, oh, okay, all right, no problem. Come on, can y'all see anything I'm saying to you? See, it's your, it's your, it's your perspective, because you don't know where you've been seated. So you think you've got to get victory, when the word says you already have it. So you, you think you got to climb a mountain, but you've already conquered it. You didn't conquer it in yourself. You conquered it in Jesus. Are y'all with me? Let's go a little further because we've got to get somewhere to go, and I, and I have um, a little bit of time. Ephesians chapter 6 now. Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we can do it. We can. Give me some encouragement. Say, you can do it, Pastor. You can do it. All right, okay, 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 okay. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6.10. Look at this. Finally, my brother, I'm going to wrap this all up, Paul says. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's stop there for a moment. Now, he just said that we were seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principalities, powers, and might. And then he's going to finish his letter and say, be strong. What in the world? 
We already seated above everything. Everything is under our feet. And then you're going to tell me that I still need to be strong? Okay, we're going to find out why. Come on, stick with me. Put on the whole armor of God. Everybody say the whole armor of God. That means every piece, right? That you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles, the trickeries, the deceit of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Stop there for a moment. Say out loud, people are not my problem. Say it again. Say, people are not my problem. If you're married and your lady said, my husband. It, oh, that's weak. Say, my husband. That's still weak. Say, my husband is not my problem. That's, that's, the, that's the lowest I've ever heard y'all say something, lady. Normally, y'all like, eh, nah. All right, if you married and your husband say, my wife is not my problem. If you're a parent, say, my children are not my problem. If you are employed and have a supervisor, say this, my supervisor, my supervisor. is not my problem. Not my problem. If you are supervising people, say my employees, my employees. are not my problem. Not my problem. All right, now, <laughs> should I do this, Lord? I don't know if I should do this or not. I don't know if I should do this. No, I'm not going to do that. Because some of y'all, I might lose some of y'all. Y'all might, might hear me wrong. Lord, Lord, Jesus, should I do that? Oh, my gosh. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because no, I, I think some of, some of y'all will get upset. No, really, some of y'all will get upset. I guarantee you some of y'all will get upset. So I want to keep y'all engaged, so I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to leave it at people. Are not your problem. Okay, say it one more time. People are not my problem. You said do it. Nah, <laughs> y'all are not going to bait me into that. We come in here next week and be 25 people. Everybody mad at Pastor. Everybody mad at Pastor. I need to do it, but I'm not going to do it because Jesus, I, I, Jesus, I need to do it, but that's all right. Okay, I'm going to keep you engaged. So you understand now, I fight. Is not with each other. But notice where the devil tries to keep the fight. So-and-so got on my nerves. So-and-so did this, and so-and-so did this, and so-and-so don't do this, and so-and-so don't do that, and I got a problem with so-and-so, and so-and-so lied. And this, he, he keeps it amongst each other. Why? Because the, the completeness or the totality of all of us makes up the fullness of Christ. So if he keeps us disjointed, and it keeps us out of unity, then he breaks down the effectiveness of Christ. That's why he keeps, that's why, that's why, that's why people bug you. Because he wants you to fight a person. Because he don't want you to use your authority where he, you should and fight him or to uh, uh, overcome or exercise your authority over him. He wants you to keep it where, he, where the Bible tells you not to keep it with people. Well, I ain't spoke to so-and-so in 40 years, and y'all both saved. 
How can we be the fullness of Christ and you can't even speak to each other? I ain't going over that church. So-and-so go to that church. I ain't going over there. Really? Really? Is that deep? Huh? Is that deep? When the Bible says your people are not even your problem, that's not even your issue. But we spend so much time irritated with people because that distracts us from using our authority in where we should be using our authority, and that is on the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says we are to love one another. But we want, but we want to drop down and we want to drop. We want to get out of our seat of authority in the heavenly places and come down in the natural and have issues with people. Y'all might not have wanted this when y'all came to church today, but that's what y'all getting. My old pastor used to say, it's tight. Mm-hmm, nah, but it's right. Right? <laughs> Jesus, look at this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So everybody clear that people are not your issue. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But what do we wrestle against? Principalities. Against what? Powers. Against what? Rulers of the, rulers of the what? Darkness of this age. Against what? Spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So what are we wrestling against? It really, we, we're wrestling against the effects of darkness. So the person that gets on your nerves in a lot of cases is being influenced by the kingdom of darkness and don't even know it. You being offended at someone, you are being influenced by darkness but don't want to admit it. See, sometimes we always want to put it on the other person. Sometimes the other person may be right and walking in love but because of where you are in your heart, you hearing and receiving wrong. But if there's conflict, somebody is being, somebody or both are being influenced by darkness. Because the word of God says unity. Unity. You and I tie. You and I tie. So there's nobody that wins or loses. We both tie. That means we both win. You got it? Amen. Look at this. It says here, therefore take up the whole armor of God. He says it twice. So it means important, right? Whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, what should you do? What should you do? Stand. stand. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, all right, having shod your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the saints being watchful for this 
with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Now, so what is the, what is the armor of God? Let's, let's go through it real quickly. The armor of God is uh, having your waist girded with what? Truth. Having the breastplate of righteousness. Having your feet shed, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Having the shield of faith and having the helmet of salvation and having the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But a lot of people stop at verse 17, but 18 is included in the armor of God too and prayer. So you suit up and you go forward in prayer. Come on, you suit up and you go forward in what? Prayer. Got it? Because for the believer, prayer is going to be the number one way, number, way, number one way you exercise your authority. So you suit up and you pray. But isn't it amazing that if we called a bless me meeting, that everybody's going to be blessed, church will be packed. We call a prayer meeting. Where is everybody? Because people don't understand and they don't put on the whole armor of God. Because if you had on the whole arm of God, you would, be, you would include prayer. Amen. I said amen. All right, that's like, look at some things about the arm of God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Ooh. Okay, we can do it. Um, look at this. Based upon this, there is no armor for the back, back part of you. Everything is for the front. Why? Because the indication is there will be no retreat. Say believers don't retreat. Say believers don't quit. And believers don't retreat. Folks, you don't run from no fight. Now, some of you back in the day, if you would be truthful and testify honestly, you were a fighter. You fight anybody. And there's some ladies up in here too. You take off them earrings in a minute. You want to go to blows? Let's go to blows. I don't care. Some of y'all ladies in here will fight a man. But if I say that's back in the day, that's back in the day. Say that's, that's before I met Jesus. Come on, that's before I met Jesus. Some of y'all looking at me like, I, I can still go. I can still go. <laughs> if I need to, I can still go. See, I can tell by the way y'all were saying y'all looking like back in the day. I would just get ready and knock out somebody last night. Back in the day, if you want to say that, Pastor, make it sound good, I'm fine with that. Some of y'all, you would go to blows. I'm telling you, some y'all, I mean, y'all, y'all dressed up and y'all, y'all together now, but, but some of y'all would, would go to blows. You ain't worried about a wig, weave, or nothing. You going to blows. I, I picked that up later. I'm about to, I'm about to do something. Wasn't it amazing we get saved? And we hear a few little lessons. And then we're running from the devil. You throw down in the street before you met Jesus, but then you got, and then you got Saul. No, folks, when you met Jesus, that's when you are the hardest you've ever been. But you, we actually got to learn how to fight a different way. See, you used, to, you used to fight with your hands. You used to fight with, you know, bats and, and bottoms of shoes. <laughs> Knives and y'all y'all used to, you know, just pick up whatever. Books. You just just hit somebody with a book, just bam, just just hit them. 
<laughs> some of y'all like, Pastor, don't keep talking about that. You, you reminded me of some stuff. But that's not how we fight now. That's not how we fight. Why? Because no parts of this armor of God is natural. There are no parts. How, how do you grab a belt of truth? How do you, gra- how you grab a belt of truth and hit somebody with it? It's not natural, it's spiritual. How do you grab the shield of faith and block somebody's blow? You don't, it's spiritual. Every part of this armor is spiritual. And see, because people don't understand that they gotta learn how to fight a different way, they stop fighting. Because you're so used to fighting naturally, and now you get saved and the Bible says you don't fight like that anymore because people are not your problem, Instead of learning how to fight like the Word says you fight, you stop fighting altogether. And when you stop fighting altogether, now the devil, the enemy, encroaches and starts stealing, killing, and destroying. And sometimes you feel defensive and, defenses and like, well, what am I going to do? The answer is you've got to fight. Why give armor if there's no fight? Just so you can look good? You hearing this? Look at this. Look at this. And uh, we get the armor because there is a fight. Go to Numbers 13, and I, I, I got seven minutes, and I'm done. I promise you. Seven minutes, I'm done. Now, why do I pick seven minutes? Because seven is a number for completion. So I'm going to take seven minutes and complete this, okay? All right. Look at this. Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Okay. Numbers 13. Look at verse number 26. This is on the tail end of them coming back from spying out the land that God had already given them. Say, God already gave it to them. Okay, so this was already their land. God said, this is your land. Go take it. So what they did is they sent some spies in there to make sure that's the land that God had given them based upon his description. And so verse 26 in Numbers 13 says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They came back with evidence. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along by the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb said, Be quiet. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Shout, I'm well able to overcome. Come on, shout out. I'm well able to overcome. But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land, though, which we, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in the men are men of great stature. They, there we saw giants. Everybody say giants. Giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, 
and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Everybody say giants. There's a land that God wants you to possess, but it got some giants on it. That's why he gave you some armor. Because sometimes you got to fight for what's yours. Let's look at this, and I'm, and I'm going to be done. Numbers 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and did what? Did what? Cried, and the people what? Wept that night. They heard what was said, and the Bible says they cried and they wept. Now, let's, let me ask you this question, and then I'll wrap it up. Why do you think, or what do you think made them cry and weep? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think made them cry and weep? Fear? What do you think made them cry, cry and weep? Perspective? What else? Unbelief? Okay. Let me tell you what didn't make them cry. What didn't make them cry, it wasn't the fruit that made them cry and weep because they had evidence of it. Okay, so the fruit didn't make them cry. Look at this. The land didn't make them cry because the land was already given to them. Listen to this. The giants didn't even make them cry. Why? Because they never, none of them seen him. It was only 12 people that seen the giants. The rest of the congregation didn't see the giants, but yet they were the ones who cried and wept. So the giants didn't even make them cry. Let me tell you what made them cry. The words that they heard made them cry and weep. The words, everybody say the words. And this is so important. This is so, so important. This is so important. The words. The words that they heard made them cry and weep and see themselves as grasshoppers in their sight and in their own sight. Now, why do I bring that up? Because the words that you hear and the words that you speak to yourself are the things that make you sometimes cry and weep. You know why? Because you don't know how to fight. You take everything you hear as true. So the devil will come to you in a tight situation and say, all points bulletin. God has left, left you. He's let you down again. And you're not going to make it. And you hear that word and you say this to yourself. I'm not going to make it. Crying starts. Not that he's done anything. He hasn't touched you. He hasn't even stolen anything from you yet. He just said, it's going to happen. 
and you start crying and you drop your armor. And now he can come in and steal and kill and destroy because of words. Notice that you don't, notice the devil doesn't do stuff and then tell you about it. He tells you what, he, what, what, he, what he's going to do or what he wants to do and then you co-sign it or resist it. Because he can't take you without your permission. And you give him permission with your words. Did anybody get anything today? A little bit? A tad bit? Hmm? Now, I said that we have armor because we're going to have to fight, and we're going to have to fight some giants. And what I want to do is I want to show you how to defeat every single giant you're ever facing in your life. But I'm going to have to do it next week. Come on, let's stand and give God praise. Come on, let's stand and give God praise. Come on, come on. Let's stand and give God praise. Come on. Lift your hands and thank God for the word. Lift your hands and thank God for the word. Come on, lift your hands and thank God for the word. Father, we do thank you so much. Father, we thank you for, for revealing to us by the Spirit who we are, whose we are, and where we're seated. Father, help us. Help us wear the whole armor of God. Help us stay suited up and move out in prayer. Father, you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And we're going to take every bit of it. But we, Father, we understand there's a fight. It's a fight that we win, but there's still a fight. And so, Father, I thank you for helping me help the people fight the good fight of faith. And I give you praise and I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were blessed, shout hallelujah. If you were blessed, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please, nobody walking, nobody moving except those authorized to do so. At this particular time, we want to give an opportunity for those of you who are here that may have a spiritual need that you desire to be met. And I have four opportunities today. The first opportunity is for you to be born again. The Bible says it's God's will that all be saved. That's inclusive of all of us here and then watching us online all of us to be saved so if you're here this afternoon you said pastor i've not given my heart to jesus i don't have a relationship with god personally i want to say this today is your day today is your day do not leave this place without receiving jesus 
as your personal Lord and Savior. Because without it, everything I said today is fruitless to you. Because everything I taught about and everything I talked about is because of Jesus. So if you're here this afternoon, you said, Pastor, I'm not saved. I, I, I'm not a child of God. I have not given my heart to Jesus. But I want to I get saved today. I want to give my heart to, to God today. If that's you, we want to pray for you. If that's, if that's the case, would you lift your hand so we can recognize it? Because we, we want to pray for you. We want to pray and we want to introduce you to Jesus today. If that's you, would you lift your hand today? We want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Glory to God. Secondly, you may have asked Jesus in your life at one point, but you're living a life as if you were never saved. We call that falling away from God, or in some cases, backsliding. Okay? Doesn't mean that you are not aware of God or you don't love God any longer. It's just that you made a decision to give your heart to Jesus, but for whatever reason, you're not committed to that anymore. You're, you're living your own life. You're living your own way. You're, you're doing what you want to do when you want to do it. But the Spirit of God and the Word of God today has ministered to you. And you now understand and know that you've got to get your relationship right with God. So if that's you today, we want to pray for you for that because God not only forgives us, He also restores us. And so if you're here this afternoon and say, Pastor, that's me, I, I, I'm saved, but I'm not living like I'm saved. I'm falling away from God. I, I want to get my relationship right with God today. If that's you, would you lift your hand today so we can recognize it because we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you wherever you are. We want to pray for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, thirdly today is this. There's an experience that the Bible teaches for every believer called the baptism with Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit. And it's available for every believer by faith. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I'm ready to receive more of God. I'm ready to receive that power that God talks about. I want to receive it up on me. I want to, I want to launch out. I want to go deeper in the things of God. I want to uh, expand my prayer life. I want to receive that experience of being baptized with Holy Spirit. If that's you this morning or this afternoon, would you lift up your hand because we want to pray for you for that. Pastor, I want to go, want more of God. I want to go further in Him today, in Jesus' name. Okay? Then the last one, I believe every person needs to be connected, not just attend, but connected to a good local assembly, good local body of believers. The Bible says it's God that sets the members in the church. Oftentimes we think that, hey, we just go where we want to go and God will bless it. No, there is a place that God has for you. And when you make that connection to that place, there is a grace and there is anointing that's extended to you to cause your life to go to another dimension. So if you're here this, this afternoon and say, Pastor, I sense a connection with you as a pastor and I sense a connection with this house I want to I connect. I want to become a partner of Faith Christians International. If that's you, would you lift your hand for that? We want to receive. That's, that's me. I sense a connection. This is where I want to be connected. This is where I want to be connected. If you lift your hand, if you haven't. Praise God. If you're watching this online today and 
and one of those appeals are for you. Maybe you want to be born again, rededicate your life. That's me. I sense a connection. This is where I want to be connected. This is where I want to be connected. If you lift your hand, if you have it, praise God. If you're watching this online today and, and one of those appeals are for you, maybe you want to be born again, rededicate your life. 